ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the 3 and Out Podcast, episode 28. I'm your host, Moneymaker Chris, and joined once again for the second time this season, the one and only JD from the Russell Bread Podcast. JD, how you doing here tonight? I am doing fine. I hope everyone had a good holiday. It's been it's it was very exciting, uh, you know, time in sports, and now it's just it's very sad. Yes, yes, very much so, very much so. And I hate to, you know, start things off on such a somber note, but we gotta, you know, we got we gotta talk about this. Um the passing mm-hmm. of legendary coach broadcaster, um, John Madden. He passed away. Um we got the news yesterday evening and it's just like i was talking to you before the show it's just crazy they just showed a documentary on him on christmas day and literally like three days later he passes away it's just like unreal i was talking to somebody else about this too since he retired other than like the madden game that comes out every year you really didn't hear anything from him. you didn't hear him do any interviews or anything like that on any podcasts or doing any commercials or advertising or anything he just kind of retired and just kind of faded away, basically. But he's a legendary figure. I mean, a few people from our generation that grew up watching him, you know, doing the broadcasting, you know. He worked for all the major networks. He worked for CBS, ABC, um, Fox, and NBC doing broadcasting throughout the course of his career. And, of course, people who know, a lot of younger generations will probably know him for the Madden, Madden football game that came out in, I believe the first game came out in 1988. But for the older generation, they'll know him as a coach of the, at the time, the Oakland Raiders. He coached them from 1969 to 1978. And actually, he was the linebacker coach from them from 1967 to 1968. So he started off with them as just a um, just a linebacker's coach. He did win a Super Bowl with them, and he has one of the best winning percentages in league history. He had a record of 103-32-7. That's like a 76.3 win percentage. He was 9-7 and in the postseason, and they said he never had a losing record as a head coach. But um, overall thoughts on John Madden. Yeah, John Madden had a really big impact on, you know, football and – I really don't blame him for kind of like fading away after retirement because he did so much Mm -hmm. for the sport, you know, between Mm -hmm. him as a coach and commentating. And now, especially um, with me, I um, I got into football probably like the early 2000s. So I didn't get a chance to hear him really be on uh, as a commentator. But uh, of course, you know, I got to know Madden through um, a lot of the football games over the years, and mm. so he has done so much for football. He brought he brought a lot of people to football. If you really think about it, between you know him as a commentator, mm. and as far as with the video games and everything like that, you know, hearing his iconic voice, you know, playing video games and stuff is you know it's it's a very sad time for all of football. Um, but he did so much for the sport. There will not be another person like Madden. No, he was definitely one of a kind. I mean, make the impact that he did between head coach, broadcast, and then the um, the video game. That's just, you don't see that in that this day and age. You may see somebody be a really good, successful coach. You may see somebody be a um, good commentator. It might be good or as a TV 
analyst or something like that. But to have those three things attached to your name is unreal. We may not never, I mean, you never know, but you may not never see anything like that again. I mean, he yeah, he's known for those three things and they're quite popular. So it's just, mm-hmm. it was just, it was just so sad. And it was just like, like I said, they did doc. But they had the, they had the documentary. They did a documentary on him on Christmas Day. Very well, like I told you before the show. Definitely check it out. It was I mean they had everybody from Lawrence Taylor. They had Peyton Manning, Roger Goodell. They had all these different people just sitting there just talking about him, and they just basically kind of broke things down from his um, coaching to the broadcasting to the game. And it's and the funny thing is that I didn't really know was they said when um when they first offered him an opportunity to be a um be a commentator he he didn't want it. he just thought those guys were, I forgot I forgot what they said in the um documentary but he just kind of thought those guys were like you know like phonies or like just a hairpiece or something something like that they said in the documentary he just he didn't th- he didn't he wasn't a TV guy he didn't believe in that so he really didn't want to be be a commentator and then it turns out he ends up becoming a color commentator and he was. Very, very good at that. So he really didn't want to do that from what the documentary said. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy how, you know, come to find out how good he is as a commentator. He created a lot of memorable moments, especially even for people who didn't really watch him live. You know, you get to see back in videos and when they do recaps and stuff like that of a lot of the memorable moments that uh, Madden had. And I'm definitely going to check it out. I did hear that they did that they did that special, but um, I didn't get a chance to uh, check it out, but I definitely will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. I recommend they know our listeners, too, that if you haven't seen it, definitely go and check it out. And also, too, um, before he even got into the broadcasting, he was teaching at a college somewhere out in California. He was teaching at a college. He was teaching, like, a football course at the um, university. I don't know if it was um, University of Central Florida. I'm not Central Florida. Um, USC or one of those colleges out west. He was teaching a college um, football course, like trying to teach people the game and everything. They said that's one of the things that was so um, special about him. Like, you know, football can be a complex complex game, kind of learning the different X's and O's and everything. And he just kind of just broke things down and tried to make the game as simple as possible so people, you know, could understand it. So he's 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 done a lot for the game of football. He really has, on and off the field. He really has. And he does some good commercials. He was showing some of the commercials and I think he was in a Bud Light commercial and he was in a bunch of different commercials as well so he was just doing everything yeah he was mm-hmm. he did a lot like I said for the sport mm-hmm. he'll and definitely I'll, be missed oh without a doubt without a doubt and I'm hoping that on the next Madden they put him on the cover you know what I mean that, that that's a must he, he has to be on the next cover of Madden yeah Madden definitely that's 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 a must because he used to, like I said, when the game first came out, he was on the cover. And I believe in 2001, I believe Eddie George was the first, like, cover athlete. And they, after that, they started putting, like, athletes on the cover. But, yeah, they got to they put him on the cover next year. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's been talks of, like, um, doing other things, too, as well. Because um, I was listening to uh, sports radio earlier today. As to, you know, how to, like, really honor him and stuff like that. And um, I don't think they should rename the Lombardi Trophy, but I think they should definitely, you know, name either, you know, rename the Hall of Fame game or something like that Mm -hmm. in his honor. But I think definitely they're going to do something in his honor, you know, permanently for in the sport. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. They definitely do something for him. And I just remember just listening to games with him. Him and Pat Summerall, they just had those distinctive voices. They just, like, stood out to you. And he just, like, I mean, football is always an exciting game as it is. But having these two guys, like, call games, it was just something just special. I just remember them watching many games over the years, those two doing commentary. And it's, it was it was something special. Like I said, there'll never be another duo like that. And there'll, there'll never be another John Madden. They just, they just won't. No, they won't. Mm-hmm. But um, any other thoughts on John Madden before we move on? Uh, no, that you know, it'll be he'll be greatly missed, and I'm just really happy that I got to you know experience him mm-hmm. as far as well. So, well, because you got you kind of got him as a commentator when you played Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't you know it's not the same as when you actually watch a football game live, but mm-hmm. you know at least you got at least you got you know a a little taste of how he would have been, you know, calling a live game, you know, um, before he retired. Mm-hmm. And just one last thing. You you never heard, like, a bad word about him from players, coaches, anybody that dealt with him. Because, you know, nowadays you hear so much stuff about, you know, people, especially on you know, this whole, you know, social media, media era and everything. You hear stuff about people and everything. But he's one person you just, anytime anybody talked about John Madden, they just hold, held him in high regard. He just had this, this personality that, that, you know, just gravitated to. And he'd be on there, like, explaining the plays and going, boom, and doing all this different stuff. He was just a lovable, just likable guy. Just anybody that, you know, even if you weren't, necessarily a football fan if you got turned into a game and just kind of hurt him you kind of you know engage you you kind of get you into the game you just had that warm personality that you gravitated to mm-hmm. yeah definitely anytime that there whenever um someone has talked about you don't hear any bad things no scandals or anything mm-hmm. like that you know it really speaks of the character of who he was mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so definitely uh, rest in peace to John Madden, who passed away yesterday at the age of 85. His legacy will definitely live on. But um, let's get into some of the games. I mean, a lot has happened in the NFL <laughs> since, since the last time we did a show over a month ago. Um, one of the things is the whole, like, the COVID thing is with this whole um, Omicron variant. It's been kind of taking over the league. We've been seeing... Um, a lot of people in the um, protocol for COVID and a lot of teams, like my team, Washington, we've been dealing with it, the Rams, the Browns, all across the league teams have been dealing with the um, with this COVID, you know. And it's crazy because, like, early in the season, you would hear it, you would see it here and there, but there's this new variant out there. It's been kind of ramping back up again. But how do you feel about, like, how that's had an effect over these last uh, few weeks of the, um, of the NFL season? Well, it's, it's been crazy because, you know, not it didn't really affect 2020 as much as it's affecting now but now it's like a playoff game can change in an instant you know two days beforehand someone could you know hit the COVID list and then that would be it for your team if it's you know if the wrong person catches COVID you know sayonara you know we'll see you at home and so it's just really crazy because it's it, it adds that extra wild card factor. You know, the playoffs, it's not as the playoffs is crazy as it is now, because, you know, a surefire team like we saw with the uh, Giants, for example, who won the Super Bowl. 
against the perfect scoring um, Patriots. Mm-hmm. It's like anything can happen in the playoffs. And now, when since you have COVID on top of it, your top player can turn around and get on the list. And then now you have to turn around and figure out, a new, you know, a new game plan in such a short period of time. And we see that, you know, it's it's been affecting some teams. It really has. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think it's something that they may consider in the offseason, like, you know, expanding the rosters? I mean, you already have your practice squad. You already have your 53 main roster. Do you think with this COVID long, this stuff is still around, do you think we could see them expand the rosters, letting you have, or maybe add some extra people to the practice squad that you can hold on to to have them come in if you have, you know, dealing with COVID issues throughout the um, course of your season? you think they might end up, like, expanding the rosters some kind of way or expanding the practice squad so you can have those extra players that you could just have fill in and you don't have to worry about, like, scrambling around, oh, you know, we don't have our quarterback, we don't have our running back or whatever it is. You see them, like, expanding the rosters possibly during the offseason? Yeah, I think it would be a very smart thing to um, do because um, I forgot what team it was. I think it was Washington that they lost like 11 people at one point Mm -hmm. due to COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's just like at that point, you're pulling like third string, you're signing people off the street and stuff like that. It's, um, you know, it's at at a certain point, you got to. I don't think, you you know, as far as, like, the 53-man squad, but I think if you were to open up the practice squad or something like that, you know, let teams have more people. Um, at, let teams have more people in their practice squad so that, you know, once you get down to the second and third strings and having to pull linemen and stuff like that, it's not going to be such a struggle to try to find someone within a week, especially if someone was to um, get COVID, you know, the day before or two days before. Um, That'll be enough time to have someone on the practice squad who already knows, um, who already knows the game plan, already knows, you know, the system, whether Mm -hmm. that's on offense or defense or something like that. It it won't take, it won't take away, um, it won't take away the odds of, you know, of a team possibly trying to win. Absolutely, because we were down. We played the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. We didn't even have a starting quarterback because both Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, our starter and backup quarterback, was both on the COVID list. We signed this um, Garrett Gilbert guy to play in that game, so we were literally yeah. got our third, third string quarterback against that game. So this is is something that I think they should definitely consider during the off season. Like I say, definitely because I think it's easier to do to expand the practice squad you can have some guys on there that know, like you said know the system know how they know they can come in and fill in you're not really just pulling people off the street and like throwing them into the game so i think that's something mm-hmm. that's going to be considered considered during the during the off season but it's been a lot going on a lot going on in the nfl outside of just the covid stuff with the games and stuff too because we're down to the final two weeks of the season um week 17 and 18 here coming up but let's start off let's <laughs> i hate to do it but i you know i'm, I'm gonna still say it anyway let's t- let's let's talk about your guys your cowboys your cowboys <laughs> I, mean, I, hate, I hate to admit it you guys you guys are you guys are looking really good on both sides of the ball i finally have a defense that Michael Parsons guy is playing good. Um, the Diggs corner, he's got like 11 or 12 picks. Guys have a defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Dak seems to be um, playing really well after, you know, he got his contract. He finally got his money. 
um, running game. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, he may not be what he was, but the combination of him and um, um, what's the other, what's the running back name? Parsons, the running back. Or, oh, Pollard. Or Pollard. I'm sorry, Pollard. Um, mm-hmm. a combination of two of them and then your receivers with Lamb and um Gallup and uh, Cooper. You guys, mm-hmm. you guys are looking really, really solid. How 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 are you feeling about your team right now? I mean, we 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 all we we tend to have these years where we look solid during the uh, season. It's just when it comes to the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we're sitting pretty good because we're the number uh, two team in the NFC. Um, but you know, when it comes to the playoffs, that's when things kind of fall apart. Especially, you know, for some reason when it comes to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting. I'm trying not to get too excited. Because we came, you know, we had this happen before where we looked really good coming into the playoffs, you know, NFC East champions and stuff like that. It was even one year where we had, you know, the first round bye. And mm. then next thing you know, boom, we out, mm. you know, mm. within, we're out within the, uh, the first round or something like that. And, you know, the embarrassment stuff. So... I'm excited. We look really good, like you said, on both sides of the ball with the defense and the offense. But I'm just holding my breath for the playoffs. Like once we get into the playoffs and I see how, you know, they're playing, that's when I'll feel, you know, whether I should be excited or not. But, you know, for some reason, we we do not make it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I never understand it because you guys always have plenty of talent. I mean, you have a solid offensive line. You always seem to have... The talent, but like you said, once you get into the playoffs, just something just doesn't seem to click for whatever reason. Because especially with this team this year, it seems like it's a little different. We'll see what happens come the postseason, but there should be no excuses. You guys are like a solid on both sides of the ball. There's no reason you guys can't go in the playoffs and at least be competitive. Even if you don't get to the Super Bowl, at least get to the um, NFC Championship game. I mean, this team has potential to get to the Super Bowl, but they just got to get over that, that playoff hump and see what kind of matchup that they have coming into playoffs too. Because like I said, the Packers have been kind of got their kryptonite too, and they just seem to have that struggle when once they get to the postseason. They'll have a solid regular season, they get people all hyped and everything, then they get to the postseason, they just seem to crash. So you guys, you guys got to gotta step it up this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I don't know if it's like, you know, overconfidence because, you know, we had that happen where, you know, it's like, all right, it's our year and this, that, and the third, mm-hmm. and then come to find out it's, you know. So I don't know if it's like overconfidence or if it's that we um, are not preparing ourselves for the game that, you know, um, the other team kind of like, you know, takes that extra step and review, you know, as much footage as they can and come up with different game plans, stuff like that. But the, the biggest thing that, has been hurt was hurting us before was the fact that our offense we pretty much did a lot of the same type of um plays so it was always the run on first down it was um you know not having Dak kind of like move around as much and it was like very easy to figure out the dallas offense um and normally you know it's been such a struggle with our defense that all you have to do is take care of the offense and you pretty much got the game and so now this year we have, you know, a very good offense. Um, you know, Kellen Moore has been doing a great job switching up the gameplay and everything. And now we have a very good defense. And it's like, I feel like this is if if it's a year for us to get to the Super Bowl, that this will have to be the year because um, it's already been 
um, stories out there of other teams wanting to interview uh, Dan Quinn for a coaching job. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are teams that are looking at Kellen Moore. So it's like, um, unless unless whoever comes up next is willing to embrace um, the plays and the schemes that we have been doing, it's it's if one of them goes, it's a very good possibility that um, our playbook is going to switch up and we may be back to square one of you know learning a different scheme different playbook and stuff like that so I feel like this if this is the year for you know for the Cowboys to get over the hump that it should be this year very true very true I mean there's no excuse this this definitely seems like it could definitely definitely be their year and I'm gonna switch over a little bit to to my team for a while. Now, my, last time we were on here, my team was like, I believe we were like two and six. And we were just like mm-hmm. struggling, struggling, struggling. Had the bye week. Come out the bye week, won four in a row. I mean, we beat Buccaneers with Tom Brady. We beat Panthers, you know, with Cam Newton, his first game back in, um, um, since he was back in, um, back home game, I should say, with um, the Panthers. We mm-hmm. beat, uh, who we beat? We beat the Raiders. And then, who was the other team we beat? The other team we beat. We won four. Oh, Seattle. Seattle. That was the uh, Monday night game. We beat Seattle on uh, Monday night football. We won four games in a row. I'm like, okay. We got some momentum going. We, you know, we're in a position for one of that final wild card spot, possibly even, you know, challenge for the division. Then we played you guys and lost. Then we lost to the Eagles. Then we just got embarrassed on Sunday <laughs> night football. I mean, oh my God. I was like, oh, that, that one hurt. That one hurt. But how do you feel, like, what's going on with, like, Washington? Like, I said, they started off bad, and they had their four-game winning streak. Now they've lost three in a row. What do you kind of see that's going on with uh, the Washington football team? I think it ha- may have to do with the whole pinch controversy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're trying to copy you guys with the whole bench. <laughs> I would love to know who decision it was to bring warm benches to Texas inside a closed stadium. Well, it's not exactly closed, but, you know, it's still the the wind isn't kicking into the stadium. So, you know, ever since ever since Dallas did it out, someone in that front office got so upset about it that they was like, you know what, we're going to do the same thing, too. And um but as far as with Washington go, like the beginning of the season, I thought you guys would have a good year. You know, um, Heineke looked promising and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And you guys did start off pretty good. It's just like I, what I really I do love the fact that these division games are at the end of the season mm-hmm. because now it's not like, oh, you know, it's week eight. We're going against Washington or the Giants or Philly or anything like that. It's, oh, it's now the end of the season. We really need to win these games. And it makes the division games a lot more exciting because, you know, you're going against you're going to get someone very familiar. You know, teams tend to pay a lot more attention when you're going against the division rivals. And um, the fans, of course, makes it a lot more interesting because, you know, it's the end of the season. The uh Playoffs is on the line, you know, either you win and get in or you lose and or you're going for the, you know, the um, division title as well. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's the fact that you guys have been going against the division teams where, you know, the division teams that 
pays a lot more attention to the film than, you know, just, you know, like Tennessee or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's what it is. Um, And also, too, with the whole situation with COVID has been destroying the team as well. Mm -hmm. So it'd be very interesting to see, you know, next year if, you know, COVID isn't such um, a big thing that affects the players of how Washington will look. Because we never actually got really a really good chance to see what Washington can do because of COVID. Yeah, very true. I mean, COVID hit us real bad, and then we lost Chase Young for the season, and then we um, were supposed to have Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was supposed to be our quarterback, but he got hurt the um, first game of the season against the Chargers, and we've been having Taylor Heineke playing in there. And and I I like Taylor. I think he definitely, even if he's not the long-term starter, I think he definitely deserves a spot on the team. This is the most he's played. He's played, he played that playoff game last year. He started one game for the Panthers when he was with Ron Rivera, and this is the most that he's played at any point in his career. So, career, so I think this is some good experience for him. Because I was, like I said, during that four-game winning streak, I was, you know, getting excited. And I don't know if you got to see any of the videos with uh, Ron Rivera in the locker room after the game. I mean, he was getting hyped up, fired up. He was cussing. He was, like, out there cutting like a like a wrestling promo out there. And they had him, um, um they were having this, because he had this saying, Ron Rivera had this saying where he basically said, like, for every question, there's an answer. For every problem, there's a solution. For every Goliath, there's a David. And for every giant, there's a stone. And they were throwing the stone against the whiteboard But after that saying. And they would just seem like, I was like, I don't know what he told them during that bye week, but it was it, it was working because they seemed to be like a totally, totally different team. But I think a combination of injuries and the COVID and everything, it just it just set us back. And also, too, I also think we need to figure out the long-term situation at quarterback, whether it's Taylor, whether we go to the draft, or we try to trade for somebody. I think we need to find, like, a long-term answer at the quarterback position. Because I like, I, I love Ron Rivera. I like a lot of things that he's doing here. He's trying to change the culture here. He's been doing a lot of good things here. But I just think we need to figure out, figure out the figure out the quarterback situation and just hopefully, you know, just try to, try to, Try to stay healthy. Hopefully, we don't have to have to be dealing with these COVID issues and everything next year as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, from what I heard, the uh, draft class this year for quarterback isn't really as good. That's what I heard. Um, yeah. So, you know, but yeah, I think definitely y'all have to figure out what you're going to do with quarterback. Y'all might have to stick with Taylor for another year and then hopefully um, the draft class for 2023 will look a lot more promising. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys definitely have to figure out, um, your quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Cause we got Taylor for one more season. They signed him to a um, two year deal. So we got him for pretty cheap. So he's not hitting the salary cap that hard. So they could definitely bring him back and either wait for the next, um, draft to draft the quarterback or if they see somebody in this draft. Cause you always, I mean, I hear about anybody now, but close to the draft time, you always see these names, these people that kind of rise up the draft board. So you never know, but we definitely have Taylor for another season, so we don't have to feel like we have to rush this offseason and, like, panic. I mean, I think they should definitely try to address it, but you don't have to necessarily panic because you do have Taylor for one more season on a reasonable deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And we had our first um, coaching firing of the season. Um, this whole situation with Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, they fired him after, you know, just 13 games, and it just wasn't working. I mean, just from the get-go, you just heard all this turmoil and different stuff about some of the staff he was hiring. And, of course, he brought in Tebow. 
had him trying to play tight end and just a lot of turmoil and he had the whole incident with the woman in the bar that wasn't his wife and just mm-hmm. off and on, you know, different stuff <laughs> to the players. They just didn't seem to be, you know, buying into what he was doing and eventually they they let him go. I feel like some some coaches are just meant to be in the somebody come from college. Some people are just meant to coach college play, players. You can't coach college players the same way you coach grown men in the NFL. It's just a totally right. different vibe, only totally different energy and everything. I saw we saw that um in Washington with Steve Spurrier. He was great with those Florida teams and everything. They were scoring all these points and doing all this different stuff. He got to the even now in the preseason, I remember <laughs> they seemed so promising. They were scoring, we were scoring all these points. We're like, oh yeah. Then we got to the regular season, and it just wasn't the same thing. Some some people just can't make that transition. You don't see like a Jimmy Johnson or a Pete Carroll. Those are, like the two main people that have been able to kind of make that transition. And some people are just better, like as coordinators, maybe better calling offensive players or defensive players or on special teams or something like that. But how do you feel about the whole situation with um Urban Meyer with the um, Jaguars? I mean, like you said, so people are meant for college. I mean, we saw it in Philly with Chip Kelly. Chip yeah, Kelly is a perfect that's example, example. That's <laughs> of it. You know, he had the different schemes and stuff like that. It was, you know, everybody was very excited um, with the first year or so. Um, but he was because he was running the team very similar to a college team with, mm-hmm. you know, switching people out like mm-hmm. he, you know, like he had more than 50 people. And then we saw after a while, it just wasn't working because, you know, you can't teach, you can't, you can't treat an NFL team very similar to college because there's the first string there, you know, there's starters for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and people have egos about, you know, their starting positions. Can't sit there. You can't take a person out, you know, and they're the starter, especially, um, what we've seen over the years with even with running backs wanting the ball and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, as far as with him, I mean, it, it was a mess, you know, <laughs> while he was there. Um, I think it was a lot. I think it's better for Jacksonville to have gotten rid of him so that they can work on trying to rebuild. You know, they got their franchise quarterback with um, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence yeah. Yeah, and so now they just need the right coach that will be able to take the team because they have the talent um, mm-hmm. from what I've seen with them. It's just that, you know, it's just it just feels like they have the talent, but the um, the the scheme wasn't there. Like they wasn't they wasn't being used to the best of their ability. So I feel like whoever you know they tried to go after a. Dan Quinn too for the um, coaching job, mm-hmm. the uh, Cowboys uh, defensive coordinator, but he had turned it down. So whoever they decide to choose, you know, um, hopefully will be able to take that team, uh, especially that offense, and be able to um, give them a, a much better year. So I thought that um, I thought Jacksonville would do a lot better this year than what we have seen. Um, you can tell that you know, the situation with the coach and everything like that kind of affected the team as well. Yeah, I did too, because I like Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson. I thought he was going to do some do some things. Even if they wouldn't necessarily be a playoff team, they would at least be a competitive team, I thought. Right. And um, I heard they also, they were supposed to be interested in trying to interview um, Doug Peterson, who used to be with Philly. And also, mm-hmm. too, I heard um, 
for Byron um, Leftwich, who used to play there, who's the um, been doing a good job as the offensive coordinator for Tampa. They were interested in interviewing him too. I think either one of those would be good um, coaching candidates. But they need to find a good coach that's going to help work with Trevor Lawrence and kind of you know build up a good culture and reputation over there instead of doing what you know what Urban Meyer was doing and just kind of just, <laughs> just ruining things. Did you hear the thing too where he um with the kicker? He, they said he kicked the kicker or something like that. He kicked the guy and then he said you know you can't be doing that. And he was like you know well I'm the head coach and I can you know do as I want. Did you hear that story? Yeah, I did hear that story. I That's thought that crazy. was crazy. Unbelievable. I mean you 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 can't be you can't be doing even. Even at the college level, you can't be doing. You can't be kicking any kicking anybody. Come on now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought it was crazy when I heard about that. Yeah, yeah you can't be doing that. But no. yeah, I think I think Doug Peterson would work good for them. Um, I I thought he was good here. It's just the fact that Philly they're very impatient. They mm-hmm. they're they want the Super Bowl now, and if mm-hmm. it don't work, you know, then you're out the door. I mean, we see what's going on with uh, Carson Wentz. You know, over in Indy, he's doing he's doing a pretty good job over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that you know the town is just very intense. So I think I think uh, Doug Peterson will do pretty good over in Jacksonville. Yeah, I think that would definitely be a good good hire for them for sure. So we shall see what happens with them. But um, let's talk about the Cardinals. The Cardinals were a team that started off they started off hot. I think they were like started off like seven and zero. Eight and zero, and they lost to the Packers, and they had some injuries. Um, Colin Murray, he got hurt; he missed some games. He's back now, and DeAndre Hopkins, he was hurt too, and I believe he's he's out for the season. But they've lost like the last two. They lost they lost to the Lions. They gave the Lions their first win, and then they lost to I believe it was the Colts the last game. Yeah, they lost to the Colts, uh, twenty two sixteen. Um, in, um, the last game that they played. But um, what do you think is going on in Arizona? Like, they had this hot start. They were Super Bowl contenders, and they just kind of kind of faded off a little bit. I don't know if it was the injuries. I mean, they're still 10-5. They're still in you know, pretty good position, but they don't seem to be have that same spark that they did early on in the season. Yeah, I think the injuries kind of affected them a lot. Um, and I think with, you know, everyone coming back and Colin Murley uh, coming back as well, that, you know, the team is probably just trying to readjust, you know, they're going against the Cowboys this week. So we'll see, you know, how the team is, um, really going to gel well together. Um, cause I, I don't think they have any more, I don't think anybody else is injured over in, um, Arizona. I, I don't think, think so. everybody is back this week. So you know, we'll see what Arizona really looks like. But I think it was just the fact that the injuries really affected them, you know. Plus the fact, too, is the fact that um, I because I completely forgot the two extra weeks. I thought that um, I completely forgot that it was two extra weeks. So I had the Cowboys um, clinching the playoffs two weeks before they actually did. Um, and so I think that may play a factor, too, that, you know, normally around this time, you know, you're you know, gearing towards the playoffs, kind of not really slowing down, but you're like, it's not, it's not much of a, of a push during this time as it would be. Cause now instead of just pushing, you know, the last two games, you know, with December and everything like that, now you're pushing the last four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's only one team that's getting the buy. It's, you know, seven playoff spots. It's a lot more work. 
um, for all the teams. Normally, once you hit what week 10, you kind of figure out who's going to make the playoffs Mm -hmm. and who Mm -hmm. isn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, normally it's like it's mainly like, you know, three teams fighting for one playoff spot. But now what we see here this year, especially in the AFC, it's like 20 teams fighting for six spots now. So, you know, everybody... Everybody now has a chance to uh, get in. So, you know, this year there's a big push, you know, to play harder, work harder, try to get that win in the playoff. And um, especially with um, even with the scheduling, because we saw with um, the Philly game got moved to a Tuesday and then they turned around Mm -hmm. and had to play again on Sunday. So just a lot of challenges this uh, this year. And I think it's just been it's just been tiring everybody out. Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, with this extended season, this is the first year of the 17-game season. It's definitely been a big adjustment. You got that on top of the all the COVID stuff. It's definitely been an adjustment period for everybody, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about um, Mr. Over in Cleveland, Mr. Um, Baker Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's been, he's been kind of up and down. I mean, he had a rough game against the Packers through four, four interceptions. And it's crazy. I mean... The game was 24-22. You think freaking him throwing those four picks, it would have been you know, a lot worse than that. Just to think it was that um, close there in the end. But I think he's dealing with some injuries and stuff too. But I I don't know how people are. are people, just the people that are you know, Cleveland fans anything I feel about him um, long term. Um, how do you feel about Baker Mayfield and what he's doing over there in Cleveland? Um, I think... It's really a tale of two different Baker Mayfields. It feels like they go through this cycle where they're not doing well. Then Baker Mayfield gets, you know, hyped up and makes promises that they're going to do better. Mm -hmm. They do better. You know, the fans get on a high. You know, he's getting hyped and stuff like that. And then the cycle, like, goes over and over again. And it just feels like there's a lot of pressure on him because the Cleveland Browns really haven't been – not really – they haven't really been looked at as like possible contenders or even not really Super Bowl, but like while they could actually, you know, hit the playoffs, something like that until Baker Mayfield uh, came and you starting to get a lot of the pieces and everything like that. And so I think the pressure of everything is what's kind of like getting to him. Cause if they have a bad game, you know, you always look to the quarterback mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't look at this, you don't look at this and that. It's normally Baker Mayfield that is having to answer the questions of what happened this week. So I think it's just him, you know, having to deal with that pressure and him kind of not, I mean, not really like unable to handle the pressure, but it's it's a lot, it feels like. Because mm-hmm, you come to a place like Cleveland that really hasn't had a you know, franchise quarterback in ages and he comes there his rookie season gets in there they kind of win some games kind of get some momentum going they made the playoffs last year they won a playoff game I believe they beat um pittsburgh and definitely the pressure is on him and i always felt that with cleveland they're more of a team that likes to run the ball they, you know they got nick chubb they had kareem hunt in there for a while who's been hurt and then they got this um Ernest, um johnson guy who's been filling in he's been running the ball night they seem like they're a team more that's built to, like, run the ball. They're not a big, you know, pass-heavy team. And definitely the pressure is on Baker. I mean, I think he's a – he may not be an elite 
quarterback. He's somewhere kind of in the middle, I guess. He's not god-awful. He's not elite at the same time. He's just somewhere kind of in the middle. And I give credit to him. And then they see he has some type of harness, something type of thing he was had on his shoulder when he was playing in that game against Green Bay. So he's playing through some pain. He's definitely going to have some surgery in the offseason. So I, you know, give him respect for that. But the, definitely the pressure is on him. You know, Cleveland is, you know, it's a, it's a good sports town. They want to, you know, they want to see a win. They want Baker to come in there and, you know, be Baker Mayfield, be like he was in his rookie season, be like what he was at um Oklahoma when he won the um Heisman Trophy. But. Yeah, it's just, it's just a tough situation with him. Like I say, but four picks, ooh, that's, that, that's yeah. brutal right there. That's, 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 not, helping your case. that's not helping your case at all. <laughs> it really isn't. It really no. is. Mm-mm. It's not. It's not. But I, I, I wish him well. So we'll see what happens with him and the Browns moving forward. But let's get over to the Rams. Um, They've been playing pretty good. They're 11-4. And, and last time we talked, we were talking about Odell Beckham, who was, you know, Cleveland had kind of let him go. We were talking about where he was going to end up. He ends up with with the Rams. And I think that's a good fit for him over there with Matthew Stafford. And you got Cup and then Woods, the receiver. He ended up getting hurt. So um, um, Odell's had a chance to play a bigger role. But he's been doing pretty pretty good for them. He, I think he got a touchdown last game. Yeah, he got a touchdown last game. I think he had a couple of touchdowns um, the previous weeks as well. So he seems to be a nice fit over there with um, Sean McVay and the Rams. But um, how do you feel about the Rams? And how do you feel about Odell Beckham being over there with them? Well, the Rams was the first team that I actually cheered for when I started I getting yes. football. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So I always have a soft spot for the Rams. But um, they're doing really good over there. Um, Matthew Stafford, I, I would never have thought, you know, after – everything that he went through that, you know, it would be a turnaround for him. Mm-hmm. Like we see. Um, and I think it really fits Odell Beckham because that's already a passing team. So he's mm-hmm. not really stuck, you know, waiting for the ball. Um, he's not like the number one target for the defense because they have so many weapons um, on that side of the ball. And so, you know, it gives him a chance to, kind of, you know, be seen and get the ball again and, you know, everything that we um know Odell Beckham for. And so, um, like you had said, with um, Cup and every all the other wide receivers there, it's a lot of weapons. So it's either it's going to be tough for the defense to try to try to double team. You know, if they double team Odell, then they leave everyone else open. You know, if you try to double team everyone else Odell's open so yeah I think it's a good fit for him it definitely is I think it's definitely a good fit I hope he ends up staying with them I was talking to Jay about this too I think it would be a very good fit for him to stay there because once you get Woods back next year I mean that's a very good elite (laughs) receiving core over there yeah and I think Matthew Stafford is probably in the best situation he's been in since um, probably the days when he had um, Megatron over in in Detroit, he really has a chance to, you know, win and be a contender. I mean, you've got a good offensive coach in Sean McVay, and the defense is good, too, with Aaron Donald and the crew over there, too. So they, they're mm-hmm. just solid on both sides of the ball. So I definitely like what they got going over there in um, L.A. with the Rams. Yeah, definitely. It's um, It makes L.A. exciting again because they really haven't had – I mean, they were close when they had Jared Goff, um, of course, and then, like, the following year – it was it just like all imploded, so now it makes it makes um the Rams exciting again. You know, um, 
that they have all these weapons and that, um, you know, they have the coaching staff still. They have the quarterback. This, they have the quarterback now that um, can definitely, you know, throw to all the targets and, you know, the defense is doing well as well. So definitely we'll see what they do this year, but definitely what they will do next year as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And speaking of the Rams, have you seen that advertise? They got this um, movie, I think it's called Underdog, where they're talking about like the Kurt, um, Kurt Warner story. Have you seen that advertise? I've seen it advertised. I, th- I think, uh, was it on Netflix or something like that? I forgot. What is, I'm, so I, I, I'm, I've seen the commercials for it. I don't know if it's in theaters or it's on Netflix, but they definitely did a movie about his um story, which I thought was pretty cool. It, it looked pretty pretty interesting. Cause I, I remember that time when he came there with them and won that Super Bowl. Those were some exciting, exciting teams. You know, the greatest show on turf. They had him, yep. Marshall Falk, and um, Terry Tory Holt. They had, they, had some, they had some good good teams over there. Yep. Went from bagging groceries to uh, going to the Super Bowl, which is, you know, it really is a crazy story, and he was uh, – he's one of my favorite quarterbacks, uh, definitely. Like I said, the, he that, – that year that the team went to um, the Super Bowl was the year that I started watching, and so um, I'm a big fan of Kurt Warner. So mm-hmm. I did see the advertising for it. I didn't um, – I forgot to check out where it was coming to, if that was theaters or support or not, um, but I am – definitely going to check it out once i get more uh once i find out more about it mm-hmm. yeah it looked very very interesting very interesting for sure and he, he um he left the rams he, he took the cardinals to the super bowl too and that super bowl against the steelers too so he took two teams to the super bowl yeah that's which amazing really speaks, which really speaks to his skills mm-hmm. absolutely very very good quarterback very good quarterback and kurt warner but let's talk about one, uh, Mr. Joe Burrow. He he must love playing the Ravens in two games against the Ravens. The first time that they played the Ravens um, early in the season, they won 41 to 17. He threw for 416 yards and three touchdown passes. And in the this um, game this past week, once again, they dropped another 41 points on the Ravens. And this time he threw for 525 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. That's 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 mm-hmm. that's insane. Um, any thoughts on that? I mean, if you had told me that Cincinnati would have been beating Baltimore like this, I would have called you a liar. Like, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Twice they dropped forty-one points on them. Twice in the same season. Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? That's that's the one thing I, I love about football. You know, what one team, one team, one year it will not be the same next year. That's mm-hmm. you know. I never would have imagined that Baltimore would turn out the way they were after, you know, yeah, they were very close to getting into the playoffs and, you know, making runs a lot of times, but they always showed that, you know, they were a very dominant team. And, you know, with Cincinnati, Cincinnati has been struggling for a very long time. Um, (laughs) Like I, the last time that they were successful was the ultra single days, if I remember correctly. So it's just like now, they're really starting, you know, the the power of the draft, the power of the draft and getting the right people together, you know, it could definitely make a difference. And so I'm I can't believe when I watched the highlights of that game and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, it's like it, it's, it's a crazy time right now because we have Cincinnati being a dominant football team um, and they're in. They're, and are already in the hunt to clinch a playoff spot. 
Yeah, they're nine and six right now, and they're they're looking really good because Joe Burrow came there last year and he was playing pretty well for them. Then he got hurt, and then he's come back and he he hasn't missed a beat. And especially playing against against the Ravens, just yeah. playing the Ravens every week, they they they'd be in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's 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 two impressive impressive games. Now, now the first now this game they didn't have Lamar um, Jackson. He's been dealing with an ankle injury, but that first game Lamar was playing, and even this game they had um Josh Johnson. Who started for them? He played here for a little bit when we were um the year that Alex Smith um injured his leg. They brought him in to um play quarterback. I mean, this game he went twenty eight for forty for three hundred four yards and two touchdowns and a pick. But Joe Burrow was hitting not not today, y'all. I got, I got something for you guys. <laughs> exactly, it's it's crazy. It's really it was really a crazy game to watch because right now the Ravens are fighting to get into. The playoffs. If the playoffs was to end today, um, like it typically would have, the Ravens would have been eliminated and the Bengals would be number three in the AFC, which is that's a crazy wild. thing to that's say. Wow, to think that if you think about that, that is just un, 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 unbelievable. But I'd say good, but good, but good for the Bengals. This seems like they kind of, you know, turning the corner. They wanted another one of them sports towns that have had it rough, but it seems like they kind of. Getting things together over there. They got a, they got a, they got a good franchise quarterback over there with Joe Burrow. They got some good pieces over there. They're doing some good things. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie. Um, going back to the um, real quick, just to the Kurt Warner movie. It's called American Underdog: The Kurt Warner Story. It looks like it's in actually in movie theaters. It's not like on Netflix or anything. It looks like it's actually oh, okay. in, the, in the um theater. But yeah, from like so from the commercial I saw, it looked it looked pretty good. So I definitely want to um. Check that out. I'm sure they'll probably have it on some of the streaming platforms at some point or another. But um, yeah, um, Kansas City, Kansas City, they've been rolling as of late. They've been one of those teams that, like earlier on in the season. Remember, I was saying, "Oh, what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? What's wrong with this team? You know, they struggling. They losing some games. Blah blah blah." But they've been. I think they've won about six or seven in a row. They've been clicking. And even last game, they had um Travis Kelsey out um because of the um COVID protocol. But they still seem to be. Seem to be clicking. They seem to be playing their best football at the right time. And I and Patrick Mahomes, he's he's my current favorite player right now. As long as you got number fifteen back there, you're gonna have a chance. So, um, how do you feel about the Chiefs right now? Yeah, um, yeah, like like I figured, you know, it's once you hit that middle of the season, you know, kind of like slow down a little bit. You know, the wins, while they are important, it's not like do or die like it is right now. And Arizona is coming together at the right time. Uh, I mean, not Arizona, uh, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City is coming together at the uh, right time. You know, they're, you know, sitting at the number one spot. I mean, I wasn't really, I had slight concerns when they started to have the dip. And then, um, you know, I kind of figured that they would eventually bounce back. I just feel that teams are now starting to be able to um, to counteract the magic of Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested because, you know, for the first few two first two years, you really couldn't figure out the Chiefs. The Chiefs were like pretty much unstoppable uh, in the regular season. And so I'm very interested to see what's what happens, you know, two, three years from now where, you know, you really get to see more and more of, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes, very similar to Tom Brady. You know, after a while with Tom Brady, you know, there is a team or two that will come along and be able to, you know, get his number. So I'm very interested to see in two years time, you know, what team or what coach 
will be able to come up with the game plan to uh, really take down uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Because mm-hmm, we saw it in the Super Bowl last year. They were at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were getting pressure on him. He didn't have any time to throw. So it definitely seems like they've started to kind of figure out figure out, you know, his game plan a little bit. So it's definitely going to be seeing, interesting to see how he does moving forward. He's never switch things up a little bit, but I'm, I'm not worried about him. I think he'll be fine, but he's definitely going to have to continue to evolve his game, I feel. So, you know, teams won't be able to, like, figure out what he's doing. Because for like, so the first couple of seasons, they, they, they really couldn't do nothing with that offense between him and Kelsey and Hill and all those other people over there. They were just un- unstoppable. It wasn't a lot you could do with them. Yeah, definitely. It, you, if he was able to go through, you know, defenses, stuff like that. And so, yeah, like like I had said, you know, it's very interesting to see what will happen, you know, in a year or two of how how they're going to come, how they're going to answer it, how they're going to come and answer the uh, the Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Another team that's just kind of come out of nowhere is the um the Dolphins. I think they had lost like six or seven in a row. Now they've won seven in a row. Now they're eight and seven. They beat the um Saints on Monday Night Football twenty to three. Um, how do you feel about what the Dolphins are doing? I mean, they haven't. I don't think they beat a whole lot of big time teams, but still, you win seven games in a row. That's still in the NFL. It's, it's not easy. Anybody? No, it's not. It's, it's not easy to win. Football games, and I always say, any given Sunday, any team, no matter what the record is, you know, anything can happen on any given Sunday. Nobody is invincible. The worst team to come up and beat you. I mean, look at the, I mean, the Houston Texans. They beat up on the Chargers, forty-one to twenty-nine, this past week. Who would have thought that? Nobody's been talking about Houston this year, so you just never know. But um, how do you feel about what the Dolphins are doing during that uh, seven-game win streak? Yeah, I feel the same way about Dolphins as I feel about Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, playing DraftKings had taught me that any given Sunday, it's never guaranteed. So, um, yeah, my, right now Miami is number seven. So, like, if the playoffs were to end, they would be in the playoffs. And they would mm-hmm. be in the playoffs over the Broncos, the Steelers, mm-hmm. the Raiders, Baltimore, mm-hmm. the Chargers, which is – it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy year, and I also I watched the highlights of um, that game as well, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just very interesting to see. You know, they started off losing seven in a row, and now they just went on this hot streak where they just like got it together and able to, you know, pull it off. Um, from what I see here, they're at number seven. They went up four spots mm-hmm. with this win and mm-hmm. it's just it's like I said it's just been a crazy year I can't wait for the playoffs the, the play I think the playoffs is going to be absolutely crazy this year oh I absolutely and it's it's wide open I mean you have some teams there that you, you know that you see as contenders could possibly go on and win the Super Bowl make it to the Super Bowl but I think any team that gets in if they're playing their best football at the right time they have just as much as chance to get to the Super Bowl as anybody else. So it's definitely going to make for a very interesting postseason to see who ultimately, you know, ends up in the Super Bowl come February. Yeah, and they just um, they just defeated the uh, the Saints. Yeah, the Saints, um, that was the Monday Night Football. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, the Saints. And so, and even with that, like, Tua didn't do 
a lot of passing or anything like that. It was just like everyone kind of came together and, you know, worked hard to get the job done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be a very interesting playoff. Mm-hmm. And, I, and they were doing a lot with their defense. I remember during the um, early part of that, uh, when it's, it was, I think it was a Thursday night game, they were playing the Ravens. And that defense, they were just all over Lamar Jackson. He couldn't do anything. He would take off the run, and they were, like, right in his face. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, this is just unbelievable. And I remember, um, I think Tua was was hurt in that game. He didn't start. Yeah. I think it was uh, so. Brissett that came. He, he started the game, then he got hurt, and then Tua came in and finished it up. But they just seemed to be just clicking. And like I said, they're playing. Like I said, Tua's not blowing anybody away, but they're playing well enough to play enough to win win these games. Like I said, I don't care who you do it against. You win seven straight games in the NFL. Like I said, wins are not easy to come by. So if you can able to no. rattle off seven wins in a row, that's an accomplishment. I don't care who you be playing against. That's absolutely an accomplishment. But um, it, mm-hmm, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, it's a big accomplishment to win seven in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I should have I meant to check to see who they when I heard that stat. I meant to check to see who it was that they had a face that gave the that they had defeated. But still, seven wins in a row in the NFL, especially mm-hmm. towards the end of the season, it's very impressive. It is. It's definitely, definitely is. So, like I said, they got some good things going on over there in Miami as well. But um, a couple of things before we wrap up here. Um, Tampa Bay and um, Tom Brady and the Bucks they continuing the roll. They're 11-4 right now. They beat the Panthers uh, 32-6. to Now, they had that ugly loss against the um, Saints a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, They've been rolling, and they've had some injuries. Uh, Mike Evans is out. Um, Chris Godwin is out, and um, Leonard Forsett, he's out as well. The running back is out, but Tom Brady, he's still finding the way. I mean, last game he was eighteen for thirty for two hundred thirty-two yards and a touchdown. Um, they got Antonio Brown back. He had ten catches for one hundred and one yards. So. The ageless one, the Tom Brady, and he's leading, I believe he's leading the league in passing yardage. So, I mean, say what you want about the guy. He he, he finds a way. Um, thoughts on uh, Tom Brady and the crew in Tampa? Listen, I am the president of the Tom Brady Hater Club. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am certified. I like, I, like, the guy is having the perfect life. He went yes. from one team that he was, you know, the dynasty, and he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now they're starting to look like a dynasty. It's the it's the craziest thing, because normally, you know, getting one player doesn't really change the dynamic of a team so much because you have mm-hmm. the offense and the defense, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's like Tom Brady comes, and it's just like it's the Patriots 2.0. It's the craziest yes, thing. Um, and the fact that he is still playing at the age he is now is I will I just want to know his secret. I would love for him to bottle it up and sell it somewhere. Cause he's still going like like this is year five for him. Mm-hmm. Um like this is the the Patriots all over again. So it's just crazy how they're doing. I mean, they're showing like, you know. That, you know, they're not exactly as perfect. It's not exactly as, um, you know, as dominant as he was with the Patriots. But still, you know, they're 11 and 4 right now. They're doing, you know, they're top of the NFC South. They're doing very good. And, you know, normally Tom Brady just goes off in the playoffs anyway. It don't even matter 
what um what the record is. So yeah, I mean Tom Brady's just doing Tom Brady things. He really is. And like I said, he's leading the league in passing yards with four thousand five hundred and eighty passing yards, leading the league in touchdown um passes with thirty seven just 11 interceptions at age 44. I mean, that's just unbelievable. not supposed to be able to do stuff at his age and what he's doing right now. You just, it's just crazy. You, you'll never see anybody else do what he's doing. No, there, there will not be another Tom Brady. No, like that's what I always say. I know people say a lot of stuff about him. Like you said, you're president of the Tom Brady hater club, but I, 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 <laughs> I, give, I, I, give, I give credit where credit is due. The man, the man is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. He's on my he's on my fantasy team, so you know. I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 there you go. There you go. Understandable. Understandable. And um Still a hater. Even- <laughs> And even um even though they lost last week to the Bills, I mean New England, I mean they're nine and six. I mean they got um Mac Jones and company over there. They've been doing a lot better than what a lot of people thought they would. They went in the offseason, they spent some money on free agents, they traded up in the draft. Got Mac Jones and they've been doing good. And they had that game against um against the Bills on was it a couple of weeks a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football where they ran the ball I believe like thirty five times only passed the ball once. That's unheard of in this NFL. It's this pass happy um NFL. Um, how do you feel about what um New England has going on and then now that you know Tom Brady's not there no more and now they got Mac Jones there at the quarterback position. Yeah, it was really the biggest question of how the Patriots can move on from um, from Tom Brady. I mean, the times that Tom Brady got injured and they had Jimmy G over there and it was, you know, you got a sneak peek of what it would be like after Tom Brady leaves or retires, something like that. But now we're really seeing it. And mm-hmm. so they're definitely doing a lot better. Uh, than expected. Mac Jones is really finding his stride over there with the Patriots. Um, it's just, you know, they're rebuilding right now. Mm-hmm. And it was the big, like, um, the the biggest debate was always, is it Bill Belichick or is it Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that it's actually Tom Brady from yes. what he's doing over in Tampa Bay, Bay versus what Bill is doing still with the Patriots. I mean, they're still... If the, they're they're number six right now in the AFC, so you know they're doing pretty well as of right now. We'll see, you know, how the next two games go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think once maybe you know once they hit the playoffs, um, that you know we'll we'll see how this turns out. But I think they found, I think they possibly really found their quarterback with Mac Jones. They just need to flush some things out, you know, get things get things together. But they're still rebuilding. Mhm, mhm. And Mac Jones, he just fits that whole Patriot way. He fits the system and everything that they have over there. He just seems like just a natural fit over there with what they've got going on over there. But like, they may not be contenders right now. But I'd give them give them a couple of seasons, a couple more drafts, a couple more off seasons, you know, free agency and everything. They're gonna be definitely right back in the mix. I think they're definitely heading in the right direction over there with what they got going on. Yeah, definitely. And the list of games for this week, um, week 17, the, um, like I said, the final two weeks of the regular season. Um, no Thursday night games this week, so we just got the Sunday game and the Monday night game. Um, we have Giants versus Bears. 
Patriots, Jacksonville, uh, Rams and the Ravens, Buccaneers and Jets, uh, Falcons and the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals. That should be a really good game. Uh, Dolphins, Titans, Raiders, Colts, Eagles, Washington, Broncos, Chargers, 49ers, Texans, Lions, Seahawks, um, Dallas and the Cardinals, Panthers and the Saints. And looks like the Sunday night game is Packers-Vikings. And Monday night, you got the Browns and the Steelers. Um, any thoughts on any of those games coming up this week? Um, interesting to see the Cardinals versus Dallas because that yes. could potentially be a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, it could especially be. since now it, this is the game that's in between the two division games. We're coming off a very um, strong win with Washington. But it's like now... We're going against a non-divisional opponent. Um, really shows like what the team may look like once we hit the playoffs. If they're able to, you know, hold it together, and especially with the Cardinals coming out strong, you know, strong now. If they're able to hold it together and be able to, you know, stick to what they were doing last week, you know, and be dominant on both sides of the ball, we'll see. You know, possibly I'll probably get you know more excited as we come towards the. Um, playoffs um the other division game the eagles versus washington as well to see if washington will bounce back you know um with the eagles after what has happened the past two weeks as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. um let me see another interesting game um probably not interesting but uh, just for what we had discussed too the chiefs versus the Bengals. yes that's um, gonna be that's gonna be a that's good that could be a high scoring game both of those bro that would, that, be yeah. against the raven that could they could be a high scoring game right that's for sure yeah that's and that could possibly be another playoff game that we could see you mm-hmm. know down the line so mm-hmm. i'm excited to see that as well um i think that's pretty much it as far as games that i'm excited to see and what's going on in Seattle? They've been officially like eliminated from playoff contention. And just to think, it wasn't that long ago they were winning the Super Bowl, they were in the Super Bowl, they had the whole Legion of Boom and everything. Everybody talking to Russell Wilson. I don't think he won an MVP, but he was in the MVP conversation. I know he was hurt and everything this year, but what's going on in Seattle? They just don't seem to have that same it factor that they did like several years ago. Yeah, I think the, it's the fact that we they no longer have the Legion of Boom. You know, mm-hmm. I, the that Seattle, yeah, yeah, definitely. Seattle was mainly a, de, a defensive team, and mm-hmm. they had a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that they, you know, that magic of Seattle is gone, because um, they have the loudest crowd, and the crowd mm-hmm. is only in it when the team is doing well. And so when the Seattle had the Legion of uh, Boom, they, you know, when they had them, you know, it was an exciting game to watch because you see, you know, the sacks and you see the interceptions and stuff like that and the shutdown corner. It keeps the crowd hype and it kind of carries over to the offense. And now you kind of really don't have that. You don't really have a lot of, you know, not really superstar, not really stars, but you don't really have someone with the it factor that really brings the crowd in. Because uh, once, you know, the Seattle, once, once the crowd is going you know that's it it used to be that you were afraid to go to seattle to Mm. play because it was a disadvantage with the home with the home crowd um but now it's you know it's just it you have to see now they have to really see where are they going to go with this i mean right now they're five and ten 
like you said, they're eliminated from the playoffs. Um, I mean, they could they can say this year with Russell getting hurt that that played a factor into um, their season, and we'll see. You know, they'll try it again next year with the same team. Maybe they'll pick up a few um, missing pieces in the draft and whatnot. Um, and then we'll see what happens with the next season of where will they go from there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And also, too, they had Beast Mode over there running the football, too. He was, that was another factor on the offensive side. That was cool, too. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they got to they gotta rebuild because they were, like I said, they were a defensive team. You had Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and Bobby Wagner and all those different people over there. You know, the League of the Boom. That was... That was an exciting time. They were they were fun to watch. That stadium was loud. You did not. I mean, that and Arrowhead was like two of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. You did not want to go to Seattle and have to play a game. The twelfth no. man. Yep, the twelfth man. And now, you know, it's it's a mediocre year for them. But like mm-hmm. I said, I think it's because of COVID and with mm-hmm. Russell getting injured and everything that played mm-hmm. a factor into their season. Um, interesting to see what what happens if you know if there is no COVID factoring, if there is no injuries, mm-hmm. if they're able to do you know well in the draft. Because um, now we're looking at well who who's the top ten now of the draft, um, mm-hmm. which I didn't get a chance to check out yet. Yes. But yeah, if they pick up somebody good in the draft that can you know definitely change things, whether that's you know if they pick up that it factor on the defense or if they get another um, weapon for Russell Wilson. We'll see what happens next season. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. We'll see what happens with Seattle and Russell Wilson and the crew. But um, that's all for me on my end. Anything else before we get up out of here? Uh, no, that's it for me. Cool, cool. Well, thank you once again for joining me for another episode of the um, 3 and Out podcast. Anything you'd like to plug or promote before we get up out of here? Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at JDC137. That's J-A-Y-D-E letter C-137. Um, you can also find the podcast on Twitter at Russell Bread. You can find the links there um, to all the socials as well. Uh, the podcast right now is taking a bit of a hiatus with the holiday season and everything that's going on. Um, and I will be returning probably in two weeks. Uh, I don't think I'll I had plans of returning next week, but I don't think that's going to be happening. So look out for the podcast coming in two weeks with the next episode. Cool. Sounds good to me. And as far as I'm concerned, you can follow me on Twitter at MoneymakerChris, as well as Instagram, DC Sports Fan 23 as well as my other page at the moneymaker 315 um, Follow this podcast's Twitter page. At three and out podcast one, I tweet from there all the time. Usually, I try to live tweet during games. I'm always trying to be as interactive on there as I possibly can. Also, check out my website, thecashinexperience.com. Everything is up on there blog, products, you name it. Everything is up on the website. I'm working on the picks for this week. I'm gonna have them out probably. Probably either tomorrow or Friday. No rushes. It's no Thursday night games, but I will be having the picks out for week week um seventeen out real soon for you guys. But um, that's all for me. Um, thank you again, JD. But um, any last words to close out this episode? Uh, happy New Year to everyone. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> the go. extra happy two year. weeks of, of I, I football. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two more weeks of football. Happy New Year to you all out there. Take care. Be safe as always. And we will see you next time. Peace out.
es 